0: Welcome to the Comparing Notes podcast. My name is Andy Wolf, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Glenn and Ryan. And we are three ordinary pastors from three different generations uh, comparing notes about life and ministry. We always start out the podcast uh, with a question for you to get to know us a little bit and to intro our topic. And a lot of times our questions are maybe humorous or uh, funny, but this one's maybe a little bit more serious, guys. Um, And so I'm interested in when you first kind of encountered death, like what What was it, uh, when do you remember in your childhood that you kind of became conscious that um, you or maybe those around you were not going to live forever? forever? So I'll, I'll let you guys think about it for a second. And uh, I remember it uh, because I remember as a, uh, a young, maybe late elementary school uh, student that I had a friend who uh, got leukemia. Uh, as a young elementary school student and had to go through all the different treatments and ultimately ended up passing away uh, because of that. And uh, it was just kind of this eye-opening moment where you don't expect as an elementary school student to lose a friend. And yet um, I did and seeing kind of all the different stages of cancer that he had to go through and uh, all the things that it did to him and to his body. And, uh, and so it was uh, kind of one of those profound moments where you realize that even as a, you know, as a six, as a fifth sixth grader, that that life is not necessarily promised to you. So how about you for you guys?
1: Yeah, I'll jump in. Uh, this is Glenn, the older one here. Um, it was grade school. I'm thinking more like a third grade. Uh, Memorial Day in the Midwest is a big deal, and uh, coming from a small community, um, or m- where my parents were from a small community, we would go back to those communities. Uh, each Memorial Day. And uh, we would go to the cemeteries and the Veterans Association would put flags on all the all the tombstones. And of course, my father and uncles and grandfathers uh, eventually would have those flags there. But that was just every year growing up, that would be the place. And and so that's where I can, I, I still think of that environment, that place, I can still picture it as where I first started thinking about death about the hereafter about being a part of a legacy these have gone before me and this is where i could be but then specifically i think when my grandfather passed away and then he was mm-hmm. actually in one of those tombstones mm-hmm. someone i knew uh that was there getting that flag every year so uh so uh yeah so that's when uh that started to percolate in my mind it was during that time
2: i was really kind of right there in the middle of those two time frames that You guys had i I was 11 and it was my grandfather and it was cancer just to kind of tie those those two stories together and um there's kind of a moment that sticks out in in my mind of we we went to go visit him and he had had cancer for multiple years and many times but at 11 it was this third kind of round of things and it was very clear that just cancer was taking over his body and we we went to go visit him and just kind of seeing him laying in this bed really weak uh and just you know seeing it because we didn't live close to him the last time i had seen him is he was very strong so just kind of that juxtaposition of you know the strong grandfather doesn't looks like there's nothing wrong with him to you know a very clearly dying man on his deathbed. Uh, that was just kind of the first time of recognizing okay loved ones died death is a reality cancer is a thing so yeah it would have to be grandfather and at age 11.
0: Well, guys, I appreciate you sharing those stories uh, with me and um, with our listeners. Uh, The reason I bring this up is uh, I was recently on a trip with my wife. Um, We were celebrating our 30th wedding anniversary, and uh, I would highly encourage you guys um, to to celebrate those moments and those seasons in life. And uh, we have, for uh, our 10-year, our our 20-year, and our 30-year anniversary, tried to make them a fairly big deal in our life and, uh, and moments. And they actually couldn't coincide with our big birthdays. So we got married at 20, 30, 40, 50, uh, this year. And so, uh, we were on this trip, we were having fun together. We were thinking about all of the different memories that we had. And she said something to me about halfway through the trip that kind of rocked my world. And what she said to me is, she said, if you realize that if we do these every 10 years, we only have one, maybe two of these left. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, 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 I don't think I really had kind of calculated that in my mind. Um, but she was exactly right. Both my parents and her parents um, were married uh, just shy of 50 years. And so to, to think about that fact that we only have this amount of time left really begin me to uh, begin, uh, me thinking and has continued me thinking not only about my own mortality, but what is it that I want to do with the time that I have remaining? Um, some within our relationship and some within the greater kind of context of my life. And, uh, and so I kind of, when you guys hear that story, how do you respect, respond to that? What, how does it hit you um, when you hear that?
1: Well, of
2: course- I'll go you, first. Okay, I was please, gonna say, please I'll, I'll, do. I'll go first because I'm, I'm, as I'm looking at, at a screen with these two men on it, just recognizing with this triad being, being the youngest. Um, it, Andy, it first hits me with, it's a thought that I don't contemplate probably enough. And it's because I can still believe the lie that I have more time than I really do. And so I'm, you know, just to be frank, just kind of not there yet of like, oh, like I'm, I'm still thinking I have, Lord willing, more time ahead of me than I do behind me. But in the grand scheme of things, that's not a lot of time. It might be more yeah. or might be kind of I'm like right in the middle there. But that's still the question that I think you're, you're, Raising here is still an important one to consider, even up at this stage.
1: Well, Glenn, this, it hit you? <laughs> <laughs> it's been hitting me upside the head for for uh, for a couple of years now. So this month I'm turning seventy, and so of, of course you're thinking about those. I read the actuarial tables, and I've got till what eighty three, maybe something like that. Karen, a, a few years more than that. So so yes, yeah, you think now if I can get so in our planning, whether it's financial, whether it's where we live, all that, what do we do? We've got 10, praying for 10 solid good years. So you get it down to to ask more than that is, is, is asking a lot. And so, so, yeah, I just want to finish strong. Uh, I'm thankful about uh, uh, where my faith has settled me. Uh, but, yeah, you think of all of those, those kinds of moments, Andy, that you've mentioned this birthday uh, you know it's our 49th wedding anniversary coming up and soon to be 50 of those all those uh milestones and i see fewer and fewer of those stones uh uh coming up so uh yeah it's uh it it plays with your mind and and yeah. hopefully in good ways but
0: it can go to seed too it's kind of interesting i've shared this with a couple people since i've been back and had these conversations and i've kind of seen situations or uh, reactions fall into a couple different categories. Um, some folks, especially, I think on the older side of things, I've said that too. And they are like, almost, they said to me, Oh, Andy, don't think about, you, you know, don't think about it that way. And I think, I don't know if that's their own projection, um, mm-hmm. but just to kind of like, Oh, you're going to have more time. You're young. Um, kind of seeing me maybe even younger than they, than I really am. Um, and then the other one has been very thoughtful, like, you know, almost this, what am I going to do? Um, I kind of go back in my mind a little bit to my high school days. And, um, the reason I do that is kind of two, two things. Um, one, the biggest movie when I graduated from high school was dead poet society. Do you guys remember that movie? Mm -hmm. And the whole kind of thrust of that movie was Carpe Diem seize the day. It actually ended up as our high school motto. Um, that, that was our, you know, our saying for the year. Um, but I also think of that because one of our classmates at prom, there was an incident with a gun and she ended up dying. And so what punctuated towards the end of our senior year, uh, was her death. And so it's kind of brought me back to that. Okay. I'm, I'm, you know, I think we've talked about it some here. I'm, in what I feel like is the third quarter of my life. How am I not going to waste this season? Um, what do you guys feel like for you are things that either make you lose that focus or things that just, you can easily get sucked into that make you waste that, that life and, and lose that sense of, of desire to, to uh, a desire and purpose.
2: I, okay, I'm I'm reading this book because okay, I got to qualify this statement. I'm reading this book. It's called um, A Life Worth Living. It's a beautiful book. I highly recommend it. It's three professors at Yale who teach a class at Yale w- with the same title. And it's focusing on answering the question, what is a good life? What is a worthy life? And it's kind of, Andy, like what you're getting at, where if you were to look back on, on your life and, and to determine whether you, quote, unquote, won or succeeded in living a good life how how would you determine that and it's interesting because the question that you ask it's making me think like well okay what what are the what are those characteristics or qualities or things or steps or what achievements that we're going to look to when we're at the end of our life or maybe when, when 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 we're entering in the third quarter and saying oh i haven't done enough or i failed or i've succeeded or i've you know Check the box and it's good. And maybe in that, it's like it's I, I I guess kind of what I'm hearing in this question is what what is going to cause us in each stage to say we've done enough, or we're on the right path, or you know I, I think all of us as men, it's like we're looking for the Lord to say well done, good and faithful servant. But who gets to kind of determine what the standard for well done, good and faithful servant is? So I. I don't know if I'm if, if making sense there, but like, that's just kind of in that, where that question went, that's where I'm thinking about like, so what's going to make that good life for you. So that if you're in the, in the, you know, third quarter, like what you have to do to kind of win the fourth quarter, or if you're in the fourth yeah. quarter, we have to do to like, you know, last two minutes. So I don't, know. that's just, that's kind of where my thoughts were with that question.
0: I was thinking that final scene in saving private Ryan. Do you remember that where they kind I'm of the fade f- out and, and and he, he he says to earn it, and then they fade out mm-hmm. to the the guy at the cemetery there on Omaha Beach, and and he's like, I hope I earned it, um, which always <laughs> is a little bit of a sad scene to me, because I feel like he's had this burden on his back the, the all of his life um, that he couldn't, you know. It's it's a to me it's a very gospel moment um, that he he couldn't have earned it, um, but anyway. That's maybe a different conversation. What about for you, Glenn?
1: Well, I, think, I thank God for the grace he has shown me to be able to walk my adult life with him. Um, I remember turning 40, and that was, that was a big deal <laughs> to me then. And thinking, you know, these next 15 years are my prime years. And I turned 45, and I thought, you know, these next 15 years are my prime years. Turn fifty; these next, you know, and I kept going like that. Well, now I'm turning seven. I'm going; these next ten years are my prime years.
2: Fifteen. But we're sticking with fifteen. No, no,
1: I don't (laughs) want to. Yeah, anyway, but it's like what what a gift to be able to have a faith that gives you a hope that, and that gives you has given you a life where you've seen that you can count on His promises to be your provider, to be your protector, to be your purpose uh, throughout life. So thank, um, So here I am turning 70, and I couldn't be more excited about these next 10 years. Um, and, but, and it goes back to, you know, and I've shared this verse with you guys before and, and how it hit me, I won't get into it, but Acts twenty twenty four says, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Um, I heard that as a, as a young believer in my 20s and wanting desperately to have that be true of my life. And I still desperately want that uh, to be true of my life as I finish out. Um, and all I can say is that's just the grace of God to have given me that opportunity to, to know Him and, and to see Him. Live through all kinds of seasons of life. Yeah.
2: Glenn, can I ask a question about just that series of mm-hmm. starting earlier and saying, Okay, next fifteen years, next fifteen years, next fifteen years. I can imagine that the 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 what's the word I'm looking for? The assets that you looked at within you to make the next fifteen years, the best fifteen years changed. Mm -hmm. as you aged Mm -hmm. and i Mm -hmm. think and i i i kind of want to point this out and i don't want to put words in your mouth here but i can imagine that like myself when i think like i I don't like as a as a driven man that the lord has put like godly ambitions in like i don't want to fail so i can look at and go okay so what do i have to do to not fail i'm probably going to reach for speed strength energy work like like just kind of power this like, okay, well, I'm, I'm young. So I'm just going to have this just like almost brash overpowering whatever, because I'm young, but as you age and wisdom comes, that changes. So I just wonder kind of, again, with the three of us, how we're going to focus on this question differently of how we're, we, how we're being used by God and what, what actually we bring, not bring to the table, but like how, because we have life experience underneath us, we're not going to reach for the same juvenile speaking of myself, um, kind of qualities to achieve kind of the goals of
1: life. That's a really good, good question because I think at 40, I was, I was thinking more towards numbers. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, those, those kinds of, and I don't even remember what, what I would be, what that metric would have been back then or what I would have been numbering but it wasn't too far into it that it was more of the, it was more of influence and it wasn't numbers, but it was just how deep and how wide is Mm -hmm. the influence that I feel that I'm having for the Lord. Um, we're to make disciples. So it might not be thousands of people, but the, but the, but the people that I am around, I feel like I'm Mm -hmm. being able because of that experience, because of that, that wisdom gleaned and so forth and so on, able to go, uh, uh, deeper and wider with them mm-hmm. and hopefully establish. So I think it was more, it's more of an influence um,
0: metric than anything else. Yeah, I think one of the things I've been thinking about some is trying to figure out the balance of like goals and evaluation and real life, if that makes yeah. sense. You know, I, I think sometimes, especially when we get into these kind of states of like, okay, I've got, I'm at this pivotal moment I've got to figure out what the next 10, what the next 15 years, like, you know, part of me is like, let's come up with a list. Let's get our goals. You know, even my wife and I have been talking about like, well, maybe we don't do this every 10 years. Maybe we try to do something bigger every five years or, Mm -hmm. you know, we we think about, and I think all of those things are good, but I think now even having been back a couple weeks from that conversation, you get back into real life mm-hmm. and somehow there's this balance of those two. And I still haven't quite figured that out. Um, You know, if, if I want to maintain the, okay, here's the things that I'm striving for. Here's what I want to be as a person following Christ. Here's what I want to seek to do as a pastor and a leader. Um, And then my kids still got to get to, band practice. And I still have to write a sermon next week. And I still have these things. And so there's this almost constant tug. in that's not two directions, but trying to make that every day be in that fit in that purpose. Um, Realizing that some days, man, I, I sit down and I look and I spent two hours of my day watching stupid YouTube videos or, you know, I did, I, I spent time working on this thing that ultimately isn't going to get me to my, to my purpose. Um, so I, I guess that's part of the struggle that I'm trying to work through um, even in the, in this moment of evaluation. Any Let's, thoughts or insight?
1: Well, a real um game changer for me was when a friend shared with me his doctoral uh, paper on intentional living and uh, we might have talked about that before, but just where you you know you set up rhythms for your for your year, for your life. You have that annual planning retreat, getting away and you look at the the big picture and you take that that time. Uh, then you have your monthly uh, planning days uh, where you take a day, uh, or a huge portion of a day and get away and just read about your year and where you're going based on that. You're doing your weekly Sabbath. You're making sure you get some time to yourself and, and do something, no mind or whatever uh, during those times. And then you have your daily devotionals or just time with the Lord to kind of touch base with, you know, kind of keep that regular um, uh, touch going with the Lord. So those rhythms have done well for me. Um, just being able to to cordon off that time and to have something to think about you know where am I going this year? Then on the month, I don't have to spell it out. You guys get it, but but those things kind of helped me to be able to measure how I was doing, where I was going, and be able to to have a even an intangible kind of metric to it where I can feel like I'm okay, I'm I'm on track, or I'm not on track, but I want to get back on track.
2: I like that language there, Glenn, of rhythm um, this. I was thinking of a sermon that I preached just about a year ago now because it was like the first January sermon of the year, and it was just kind of evaluating the differences between resolution and rhythm and um, resolution being this thing that, you know, you resolve to do this, and but once it's broken, this is why most resolutions don't work because once it's broken, it just goes away and we, you know, just go back to the normal way of living. But a rhythm is, you know, that consistent heartbeat, drumbeat, you know, rhythm of life. And I think Annie, with your question, I I feel that tension so often we get to these pivotal moments and it and 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 even going away on trips and it's like we want to live with a focus or rhythm or perspective or a heartbeat. And then we enter back into regular life and there's fan practice and there's carpool and there's certain jobs and there's family and there's lawns and there's just stuff and we I can I can feel this like just conflicted here. Like, how do I follow god in this heart desire and be a good husband and it's sad that we even think that those two things are conflicting but they so often in our flesh seem that they are but i just i love the perspective of you saying no this, they're not conflicted you will the rhythms that you said there allow for regular everyday life to continue and, and, and realizing too and this is I, th- I think this is one of the things i've often thought of and just reading the new testament we can read these books and these passages and we can we can hear about the life of paul and peter and james but this is like snapshots over the course of decades and they were eating and drinking and they were hanging out with friends and they were doing whatever the equivalent to carpool and lawn mowing is back then and yet they were just living with this rhythm of focused on christ but i think it's hard for us to I, i think it's easy for us to lose sight of that in just
0: regular everyday life one other thing i want to throw into this mix to have you guys think about or um and i'm thinking about it too is uh i don't know if you're aware of jonathan edwards resolutions um for a while they were a big thing in evangelicalism and he was kind of a a big personality that a lot of people were looking back to i'm kind of have mixed feelings when it comes to jonathan edwards and who he was and and what he was about. And uh, I'm probably not the scholarly type to do the evaluation, but he did have a set of resolutions that he began when he was young and then kind of added to those throughout his life. And one of his resolutions, and he he supposedly reviewed these resolutions daily. Um, one of his resolutions was to daily think of his own mortality. Hmm. And uh, it, it just, you know, we, I think sometimes we, put that into our spirituality. You know, I'm not promised tomorrow. Um, but I think, especially in our life and culture, we push death away. I mean, I think almost more than any culture that's ever existed. Um, I think even in our food acquisition, right. I mean, just mm-hmm. think about that. We go to the grocery store and it's wrapped up in nice cellophane to go grab a, a nice big steak. No time before us in history had something like that, right? If you wanted a big steak, you went out and you made something die. Um, And so there was this constant view of mortality. Um, And I just wonder if there's something to be said for, or some place for us to not in a, in a depressing or even a morbid way, think more often of our own mortality.
1: This summer, Went to our Fullerton, California church, and the pastor spoke from Ecclesiastes. I forget the specific text. And one of the things that he brought out is, is how as we age, as we get to where I'm at, he says we, uh, there comes a point where you'll have a, a final familiar. Those things that we grow up doing regularly, they're just familiar to us, but there will be a point where, where you stop doing them. And you don't even know it unless you're looking for it, like you're saying, unless you're kind of facing them. tired. Like, I can't remember the last time I ran or at least ran pain free. You know, I can't remember the last time I played basketball or softball. I can't remember the last time I coached a kid's team, you know, things like that. Those things that were so familiar during certain seasons of our life that now are gone. Mm-hmm. And, and do we do we realize that they're coming? And that's really helped me in this year. Uh, to just think through that and take advantage of it. In fact, even now I'm in a hotel room. You guys can see uh, I'm up in Minneapolis at our headquarters thinking, you know, I've spent, I've had so many trips up here and I've developed so many wonderful relationships, but I plan this trip to come up one last time, just to say thank you to everyone and enjoy yeah. just this, all of this has been to, for me over all these years. And, uh, and so there, there are a time where these things are very familiar to you men won't be in your life anymore. And so, uh, and whether it's that coaching the kids team, you know, and you become empty nesters or whatever, but that happens. So Andy, I think that's good. It's been important for me to kind of have that kind of mentality and, and appreciate all that's gone before. Andy,
2: is there some, I'm oh, sorry, Glenn. Andy, is there something having had this conversation now with your wife, and it's been a couple of weeks that you you are saying or thinking or praying about. And, and is 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 there one resolution or rhythm that you have latched onto and said, okay, this this needs to be a part of the next season of life or the next decade? Or are you still I, on the? I don't of think, even asking the question.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's right now. There's anything new, but I think it's maybe getting back to some of the things that we have done in the past. Um, talking about some of those rhythms, some of those sabbaths. Um, I, I think the other thing that we've kind of realized is that life changes, as kind of what Glenn was talking about. When we went on our trip ten years ago, it was a major undertaking to figure out how to deal with the kids. This time, we went on the trip, and we were like, "Here's 150 bucks. That Bye. kid needs to be here at this time. We'll see you later." And you know, and, and we're like, even another six months from having a, a fourth driver. Well, two of our kids are out of the house, but you know, out of the three that are here, still here, having another driver in the house. So, you know, you fast forward two to four more years, and it's going to be a completely different, um, different reality for just us as a couple. So, you know, I, I, I think some of what we've talked about before of trying to see what is it that God wants to do, you know, that's part of the reason why I enrolled in the doctrine of ministry. That's part of the reason why. I'm very much thinking at our church, like, what does it look like for our next generation to step yeah. into and to be, to be um, equipped and empowered to step into the roles that God's given them um, in this church? You know, what does it look like for me to do that with our pastoral residents? So I think it's, it, it's nothing new, but it's almost even an amplification and a renewal of kind of the, the direction that we've, we've been thinking about for a while. Good. Well, guys, it's been a good conversation. I hope it's been encouraging to you guys, and uh, I hope it's been helpful to those that have listened. Um, Maybe you take some time today to think about your own mortality and think about it. What is it that God is doing with you and what does God want to do with you? And uh, I encourage you to go through that process um, and and really even ask God through His Spirit, through His Word, through His people to begin to open those things up in your life. And um, if we can be a part of that conversation... We would be glad to do that, um, and you can reach out to us uh, at Comparing Notes. But uh, thanks again for the conversation, and we'll catch you next time on Comparing Notes.
2: Thank you for listening to the Comparing Notes podcast. If you'd like to contact us, you can do so by emailing us at comparingnotes@gmail.com. at gmail.com.